Hey, everybody. Welcome to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. What's up? We are back with another edition of the BSN Rams podcast. It is Monday, August 26th, which means that it is finally game week. CSU will play CU this Friday. This is not a drill. Football is here. No more speculation. No more fall camp. No more any of that stuff. It's time for some real ball. I'm so freaking excited. We had some some great games on Saturday that I'm going to talk about in just a second. Um, it's going to be a really interesting podcast overall. CSU released the first official depth chart of the season. I'm going to spend most of the time talking about that. We'll get to that in just a bit. Before we talk about some of that, I want to bring up the Four Reasons article that was published on the site. It actually went live last night, but kind of serves as the featured article for this morning. Just outlining four reasons why CSU can't afford to have a poor showing against CU on Friday. That article is free, so you don't have to be a subscriber to read it. If you haven't subscribed, definitely go on and check it out, read it, figure out why so many folks have subscribed early. I just, I don't know. I appreciate all of you guys. Check it out. I'm stoked for it. Um, Let's start start the show, though, as we tend to do with what's happening in ag land. CSU soccer started, the CSU women's soccer started the Season 2-0, they defeated SIEU over the weekend. Bill Hempen, head coach, earned his 300th career victory. Congratulations to him on that impressive accomplishment. Um, SIUE, is that how I said it a second ago? I hope so. May have mixed those letters up. It's a little bit confusing. Uh, 3-2 victory, Caitlin Abrams, Kristen Noonan, and Kaylee Lordeman notched those goals. Lordeman with a really impressive start. She has three goals in the first two games. Rams will look to build off that hot start when they face Gonzaga on Thursday. That game will be in Spokane, Washington, CSU's first road game of the season. If they're able to 
I mean, really, if you just get a decision in that one, that'd be great. Um, but, you know, tie it, go for that victory, start the year 3-0. That'd be really great for CSU. They're coming off a nice season last year, but it's been good to see the offense come out firing in these first two games. Hopefully they're able to build off that moving forward. CSU Volleyball starts this week as well. The Rams will play their, their first game this Friday, actually, at 11 a.m. That will be against Chicago State at Moby Arena. Uh, unfortunately, probably won't be a huge crowd for that, given that it'll be an 11 a.m. game on the day of the showdown. But on Saturday, CSU has a couple of really huge games. Uh, Cal will play at 1 p.m., so CSU will host Cal at 1 Later in the evening, they will host Oklahoma at 7.30. Sorry, had to double-check that time there. That match against the Sooners will be a whiteout, so they want everyone to wear all white. The Rams are going to be really freaking good this year. Uh, They had four preseason all-conference selections, preseason conference play of the year. They're projected to win. I don't. I mean, what what more do you need to know? They're they're gonna run things this year as they tend to do in the Mountain West. That match against the Sooners will be one of the high points of the season, one of the more exciting moments. Hopefully, CSU is able to perform well against an impressive an impressive program like the Sooners. So yeah, CSU soccer, CSU volleyball, also in action. We mostly talk football and basketball on this podcast, but I wanted to make sure that we had a chance to talk about those other programs as well. Uh, let's talk a little college football though. We're going to we're gonna get into CSU's depth chart momentarily, but before we do that, let's talk about some of these zero-week games because it was a really exciting first Saturday of college football. You had two really great games in Miami versus Florida and Hawaii versus the uh, University of Arizona. Both of them were pretty sloppy, but I mean, that's to be expected in week zero. Florida defeated Miami in a really crazy game. Both teams just seemingly were trying to hand it to each other. A ton of turnovers. Florida committed, you know, three or four killer pass interference calls that really kept Miami in it. Even though the Canes ended up losing in the end, I I got to imagine that most Miami fans are still feeling pretty good about themselves moving forward. The defense really looked really athletic. They definitely have some speed at the skill positions. Uh, Pretty good showing for their true freshman quarterback. Uh, They also had a true freshman starting at left tackle. He got burned pretty bad a couple of times, but that Florida defensive line was nasty. They, They really were the reason that the Gators won that game and the reason Florida deserved to win that game, in my opinion. The whole... The whole front seven looked really nasty when those Gators are, you know, when that defense is playing to its full potential, Florida is definitely going to be a top 10 team this year. Quarterback Felipe Franks, not exactly, you know, not a banner night. He had a really nice throw in the third quarter, was able to hit like a 55-yard strike, just dropped a dime, you know, in a bucket, but... Overall, pretty pretty rough night for Felipe Franks. Made some really questionable decisions with the football. Didn't look particularly comfortable in the pocket. Had a lot of happy feet. Uh, we'll see if he's able to re- uh, you know respond moving forward. He's a veteran, a guy that Florida is going to need to play well if they're going to end up being a a factor in the CFB playoff conversation. So interested to see what happens with those teams moving forward. But the Hawaii Arizona game was everything I wanted in a week zero matchup. It was thrilling from start to finish. Um, 
just just listen to some of these numbers of this Hawaii Arizona game. You have over 1,100 total yards in combined offense, eight total turnovers. Cole McDonald, Hawaii's quarterback, really exciting athlete, has interesting hair. Uh, white guy dreads is definitely always an interesting look. But 29 of 41, 378 yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions. He had four touchdowns and three picks in the first half alone. Uh, Shevin Cordero also got in the game. He finished 5 of 7 for 58 yards and a touchdown. It was a crucial touchdown. It was Cordero that was playing again at the end. I think McDonald just made one too many poor decisions in the game. But overall, he made some really great throws. Cedric Bird had a monster game at wide receiver. Second year in a row, he's gone off in week, or second time in, in, uh, yeah, second time in a row that he's gone off in week zero i was mixing up that oregon state game and the hawaii game over the last two years but huge night for cedric bird him and mcdonald seem to have great chemistry will be interesting if they can keep that going moving forward khalil tate for arizona he was great as well 22 of 39 361 yards three tds two picks also had 13 carries for 108 yards as well he's just a phenomenal athlete credit Credit to him for really keeping Arizona in the game pretty much by himself. The The defense, that Wildcats defense looked pretty suspect. They they had no answers for Hawaii. I know it's early and, and they'll make adjustments, but it looked real bad. Cleo Tate had to make plays with his arm and with his feet all night. He was running all over the place. On the last play of the game, Tate almost tied it down by a touchdown. He rushes 30 yards and it looks like he's about to get into the end zone and and tie the game up but he's he's tackled from behind by a Hawaii defensive lineman that had to come a good 45 yards downfield and and tackle him from behind it was a really phenomenal play by the Hawaii defensive lineman I apologize for not having his name here uh, but listen to this CBS Sportsnet call from Carter Blackman and company or Carter Blackburn and company excuse me and just how exciting that last final play was it it, it really just I mean, I was tired. This was like midnight mountain time. But when that play happened, I just, I, I sat up immediately. I didn't feel tired anymore. And it was just like, man, college football is back. And I, I couldn't be more stoked. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about college football all week, Rocky Mountain Showdown. We're going to talk about the depth chart after the break. But before we go to break, just listen to this call from Carter Blackburn and, you know, really soak in the ambiance of, of college football and just, you know, have a moment. Be excited with me. Late in the night, everybody at the table is all in. Tate. They're going to take Stepping their shot up. here. Five seconds. He Tate. can go. He on can go. Roll. He Tate. can do this. He's going to have the to lead. Tate. Oh. He's It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale, but for those of you that have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. 
So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it, and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned where we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. CSU released its first official depth chart of the season in their game notes package for the Colorado game today. That came out this morning. Not a ton of surprises, but there were a few, and we're going to go over you know, CSU on offense and defense, just position by position, give some thoughts and talk about you know some of the more surprising decisions or you know there were a few position groups that didn't shake out quite like we were thinking a couple weeks ago so we'll just we'll just go line by line and work our way down if that works for y'all uh starting quarterback obviously Colin Hill Justice McCoy or Patrick O'Brien listed as number two and then Judd Erickson former walk-on behind that Um, you know, Justice McCoy would probably be the number two would that, that, that at least would be my guess. Um, Patrick O'Brien just, you know, we haven't really seen, granted, we didn't, we didn't get to watch all of the practices and we've been open about that, but we just haven't really seen a lot from him that says, man, that guy has great potential. Uh, I'm not dogging on him because we just... We haven't seen enough of him yet, but my guess would be if it really came down to it, if something were to happen to Hill or if they were go going to the next guy, it would be Justice McCoy that ends up running the the offense and not Patrick O'Brien. Starting running back, uh, Marcus McElroy, not shocking behind that. Behind him, you're going to have Marvin Kinsey and Christian Hunter, Jalen Thomas as well. So you got two freshmen at the three and four Christian Hunter will likely get some run as the number three guy. If, you know, if you could get a hundred and I don't know, let's just say if you could get 300 total carries between McElroy and Kinsey, that would be ideal, but you know, work another, Oh, that's that, that might be too many, maybe two fifty, and then, you know, 25 to, to 40 carries out of Hunter. That'd be great as well. I imagine we'll see him work his way into the offense Adam Prentice starting fullback, no shocker there. Tight end a little bit surprising. Griffin Hammer not currently listed on the depth chart. He's been injured the last couple of weeks. I'm I'm not sure what exactly is holding him back, but he's a guy who pretty much the entire time he's been here has struggled to stay healthy. You have Cameron Butler and Trey Bright, Trey McBride as your your two starters, your main guys. Gary Williams will get some run as well. Redshirt freshman. He's shown great promise. All those guys have nice size. Uh, Kyle Helbig, true freshman, may get some look as well, but I imagine he's a guy that they're going to try and redshirt at least this season. Just, I don't know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to to burn a year given the de- the depth that you have ahead of him. Starting wide receiver, Warren Jackson, Brendan Fulton, and then at the number three, you the third starter, I should say, not the number three wide receiver, EJ Scott or Nico Hall. EJ Scott had the wrist injury this summer. Not sure if he'll be ready to go for this CU game, so it makes sense that they they have it listed that way. Nico Hall came back from, he got injured last year, but sophomore out of Calabasas is a phenomenal athlete, a little bit on the smaller side at six foot 181, but he can fly all over the field, has really, really solid hands. It'll be I'm curious to see what he can do in this offense, I should say. 
especially you know how given how much talent that or how much attention that Warren Jackson is going to re- going to receive as the starter Nate Craig Myers whenever he ends up being eligible will be a handful as well it it sounds like they're thinking he's going to be eligible for week 3 against Arkansas that's not official that's that's what the media seems to think is going how it's going to play out based on the games that he played for Auburn last year. Not 100% sure on that. We'll try and confirm with Mike Bobo at practice. Brendan Fulton, who's been able to come back from that high ankle sprain, he's listed as a starting wide receiver ahead of true freshman Dante Wright. Dante Wright, is he's going to get some playing time. Both Dante Wright and Ty McCulloch listed as number two wide receivers behind the starters. Those are guys that could end up playing a decent amount this year. I, I, I imagine... Both of those wide receivers won't end up redshirting because I think they'll play more than four games. The offensive line, I think, is what is going to surprise most people. Barry Wesley, after working at left guard, basically all of fall camp, he he worked everything, but they were really focusing on him working at guard, has moved to right tackle. He'll be starting right tackle ahead of Keith Williams, so Keith Williams not starting. He'll be behind Barry Wesley. Right guard, you have senior Jeff Taylor. They really need him to step up. He's He's been super inconsistent over the last couple of years, but they need him to be consistent this year. Behind him, you have redshirt freshman Ches Jackson. He's got great size, 6'4", 294, still developing. Starting at center, Scott Brooks, 6'2", 303 pounds. He's a junior. They gave Florian McCann, a uh, redshirt freshman out of Mullen. He got... Quite a few reps, and I know the staff is pretty high on him, so it wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising to me if McCann ends up getting some some work at center this year, especially if Brooks gets moved to guard at any point or told, or you know, there are just a million scenarios that can play out. Starting left guard, you have tr- a true freshman in Nuridin Nuili, which really impressive. Uh, they've really they've they've been high on the German all of camp. I'll be interested to see how. He looks against real talent. He has good size. He seems to have picked up the the system quickly. Uh, we'll see. Starting at left tackle, TJ Stormit. He's a redshirt junior, transferred in from JUCO. Got some work in in the spring. He, you know, at six foot seven, three twenty five. He has all the size you would want out of your left tackle. I'm slightly concerned just with his overall experience in the system. He's only been here since the spring. But, you know, he's a guy that they're going to need to play well pretty quickly if, you know, this team's going to have any chance of succeeding. We've said it all throughout fall camp. The offensive line is what is going to make or break this team. Colin Hill is good enough at quarterback. Marcus McElroy and Marvin Kinsey are good enough at running back. Warren Jackson, the receivers they have, they are good enough. The tight ends, they are all good enough. But if this offensive line can't block... None of it is going to matter. So how how this group clicks in over these next couple of weeks are really, really going to be important. There's going to be some bumps along the road, I'm sure, just given the, the inexperience of all five of those guys playing together in this current alignment. But the staff has, they've tried just about everything. They've tried everyone 
and they've moved, you know, they've, they've tried all of the options they can. Barry's been all over the field. They've moved guys from guard to tackle and, and back around. This seems to be what they're confident with. We'll, you know, we'll ask about it when we talk about Bobo today. And, you know, I'll, I'll have an article up with just some of his thoughts on some of these depth chart decisions later. But really, really interesting how the offensive line played out given given just how they it seemed to have been going just a few weeks ago. Uh, Keith Williams not starting at right tackle, a little surprising to me. I'm not sure if that's just because the guards looked so good and, the, and they want Barry to play at tackle, or is that, you know, an indictment of him and him not being ready to, to be that to be that guy so definitely interesting defense not quite as many surprises um do have some good observations though jamal hicks and logan stewart will be the starting safeties really have potential to be a hard-hitting duo hicks is a thumper in the run game it's been really physical we've seen that over the last couple of years he struggled in in pass coverage but i think that's where they'll have logan stewart kind of back him up. Stewart's proved to be somewhat of a ball hawk in fall camp. He had a couple of interceptions during the scrimmages. He's a great athlete. Whenever they post the stats with, you know, their explosive movements and top speed and all that, he's usually near the top. I expect Stewart to to be really good for this team this year. He's he's a great leader, really mature for his age. He's a guy that's been through a lot, has had to earn everything that he has. So I, I'm excited to see how Stewart looks this year and and quite honestly I'm hoping he has a good season because he's one of those guys that's just hard not to root for when you when you interview him he makes and I kid you not he <laughs> he has the most intense eye contact I've ever had with an athlete in an interview I'm talking like he when he speaks and when you speak he is looking into your soul like military level eye contact it's 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 really impressive just so many student athletes when you talk to them they're nervous they're looking at their phone or they're looking around the wall they're not making eye contact with you we don't like having human to human interactions in 2019 but logan stewart is a great kid gives great interviews great story former walk-on having to go to juco coming back to start for his hometown team really been a great story hope it plays out well jalen bates and tron Folsom both earned starting roles jalen bates at defensive end Tron Folsom's going to play linebacker. Linebacker is a little bit concerning for some folks. Um, just given the inexperience, you have Cameron Carter, sophomore, and then Max McDonald is going to start. He's a redshirt junior behind him. Daquan Jackson, another sophomore. Those guys are going to play a lot. But, you know, Troy Golden, Mo Kamara, true freshman, he's third on the depth chart. A lot of these guys have potential to be really, really good. I think linebacker is definitely going to be a strong suit for the defense in 2020. Experience is a little bit of a question this year, but I think with Tron Folsom and Max McDonald kind of leading things, it'll it'll just smooth out the process. The other guys are really great athletes. Cameron Carter is a force out there. He likes to hit. He's fun to watch. I'm excited to see how they how they back up this really talented defensive line. I think potentially that CSU may have the best defensive line. Look, it, it's early, so I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to hype it up too much. But let's just say that this de- defensive line has potential to be incredibly dominant. They have a lot of depth. M- Manuel Jones last year, he by the end of the season was playing as well as anyone in in the conference. He's a guy that they need to be 
a leader. He's listed as a starter at defensive end opposite of Jalen Bates. Defensive tackle, you have Ellison Hubbard and then Devin Phillips or Toby McBride. All three of those guys are going to play a lot on the interior. All three of them have potential to be just forces. Everyone talks about the McBride twins all the time and how they're just freaks of nature. They're really competitive. Those are guys you want on the field. Devin Phillips and Ellison Hubbard, two of the bigger guys on the defensive line. If if they can play to their potential, this this defense is really going to be an opposing force, especially for some of the offensive lines in the Mountain West. They're not really going to be used to dealing with with such physical guys, and I think we're going to see the benefit this year. You know, I'm not sure all of a sudden CSU's defense is going to be like Alabama and just holding people to three points every week, but there it, it should be a strong suit. It should be better than it's been in a long time. I like the secondary. Rashad Ajayi, Anthony Hawkins starting at cornerback. Not not really surprising there. A little bit surprising Andre Neal isn't starting, but they've talked so much about Andrew Hawkins this camp and just how they've been impressed with his work ethic. He's a guy who I think struggled a little bit with maturity and staying focused over the last couple of years, but you know, John Jancic had the great line about him earlier. They're calling him Anthony now, not Hawk, because he looks like a different player out there. And apparently it's been enough to earn a starting role. He's a senior. He's a guy that they want to have a good season. He's familiar with the system, so I guess it's not shocking. But when you bring in a Juco guy, you definitely think they're going to they're gonna work for reps. I do think you'll see Andre Neal a lot. I don't think it's, it's going to be a situation where he won't play. Behind Rashad Ajayi, you have Marshawn Cameron. He transferred in from Northern Colorado. Keevan Bailey behind him and Dejon Owens. Both of those guys are going to play this year. A lot of these younger defensive backs, uh, Brandon, Crossley, Keevan Bailey, I I think we're going to see some of those guys. Xavier Goldsmith, maybe. He's not currently listed on the dev chart. Probably going to be a redshirt year for him. Uh, Special teams, Braxton Davis will be the team starting kicker I don't think that's shocking to anyone behind him you have Max Paduska and Caden Camper Ryan Stonehouse your starting punter Ross Reeder starting long snapper punt returner is going to be Brendan Fulton kick returner will be Anthony Hawkins or Marvin Kinsey Keevan Bailey also listed on there three of the better athletes on the team so that's not shocking at all yeah definitely definitely an interesting first depth chart of the season to say the least um i'll be curious to see how this plays out week one this is what we've all been waiting for let's take a quick break real quick but when we come back we're gonna wrap things up with my final thoughts rams football is back the wait is over it's time for fall camp and we're giving you the best deal we've run since we went to a free t-shirt format with subscriptions but it won't last long here's the deal If you use the code GORAMS, you will get our annual package for $34.99, which not only is a $10 discount off our current annual package, but it comes out to $2.91 per month, which is almost 50% off our current standard monthly price. But it's not just about the discount. You're also going to get a free premium Rams t-shirt, which is a $27 value. You get to have your comments read on this podcast. You get all of our exclusive content at bsndenver.com. If you don't like reading, but you want the inside details, subscribers get all of our Broncos written stories in audio form, meaning we read all of our written content to you. And then, of course, there's our 
film reviews, game grades, and just being part of the BSN Rams community. So go to bsndenver.com or download the app and use the promo Go Rams, all one word, to join the family today. We are going to wrap things up here with today's edition of the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. It's it's going to be a fun week. Colin Bernard of the Loveland Reporter Herald will be on Wednesday or Tuesday, excuse me. I'll hop on the Denver Sports podcast on Wednesday. My official prediction and breakdown of the CU game will come out Friday morning, I believe, potentially Thursday. Um, I'll confirm on that later in the week, I suppose. Planning on Friday morning, though. I just I wanted to end today's show with a few thoughts on the Andrew Luck situation. I know that has absolutely nothing to do with CSU, but it was just a crazy sports moment, and this is my podcast after all, so it's really the only format I have to kind of give my thoughts on stuff like this. Definitely one of the more surprising moments that that I can recall. A lot of the experts or pundits, they compared it to the Barry Sanders situation. I am too young to have remembered that. The, the only athlete I can ever remember being disappointed for retiring real young would have been Terrell Davis, but he was injured. That's a completely... Well, no, I guess it's really not a completely different situation. Charles Davis, a guy whose career was ended by injury, I don't think people were upset with TD. That was that was the interesting thing to me was just to see how many people had a negative reaction to Andrew Luck retiring. Now, if you're a diehard Colts fan, someone who paid for season tickets, someone who is planning on seeing Andrew Luck this season, I, I, I get why you would be a little bit frustrated and upset. I mean, part of the reason you bought these tickets and invested in the team was because you thought you had a franchise quarterback playing behind a really solid offensive line with, with good skill position. Things were really looking up for the the Colts. And then Andrew Luck kind of drops this bomb on them. But my counter would just be that, you know, Andrew Luck doesn't owe Indy a damn thing. That guy has played with more injuries than you can count on both hands. He, he played with a lacerated spleen for God's sakes. I mean, one of the toughest ballsiest athletes that I can remember and certainly a good dude I mean I've never seen anybody that just like encourages defenders when they absolutely blast him it's the most entertaining thing ever there's all kinds of of YouTube loops of Andrew Luck just being nice to defensive players I highly recommend you you look it up but this is just an example of a guy who he's highly educated went to Stanford and he's waking up every day in pain when you see when you see that press conference and just how emotional it was for him it's clear that this was a decision that he battled with he's a guy who at 29 years old had to make an incredibly difficult decision and put his long-term health ahead of his you know short-term career and and i mean he's given up a lot of money let's 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 be real, he's walking away from over $100 million here. But I just think it was really brave of Andrew Luck to to do this, to, to make this de- decision and recognize that if he's not in this game 100%, you know, mentally and, you know, emotionally, and just if he's not in the right place to lead this team, it's best for him to step away. The Colts have... They have a really talented backup in Jacoby Brissett. I think 
they can still do some things with him. Maybe they'll make a move for someone else as well. We'll see. That that would that would suck for Jacoby, man. He's a guy who has a ton of talent and just really hasn't had that chance to be the guy. He's, you know, been the guy in relief for luck with his injuries the last couple of years. But he I just yeah, we'll see how it plays out. If if you're mad at Andrew Luck, I'd say give it a week and just try and understand that perspective of of how hard it was for him to make this call. I think we'll see more athletes, especially in football, retiring at younger ages as the time goes on. This game is just so violent, and the more we learn about it, the more we recognize that it's really hard to play until you know you're 40, unless you're Tom Brady. Apparently, he seems to be the the outlier in that situation. But kudos to Andrew Luck. Really, really impressed by him throughout his career. One of my favorite guys when he was at Stanford. Those uh, Stanford-USC games were really fun for a couple of years. Stanford-Oregon as well. I wish him all the best moving forward. And yeah, that's uh, that's about it. That's all I really have to say on the situation. Let me know your thoughts. You know, How do you feel about the Andrew Luck situation? Let me know on Twitter, at Justin T. Michael. We will be back with more editions of this podcast every day this week. Thanks for listening.